When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today is Monday. We are talking about the basketball game that happened on Saturday. No, wait. Yeah, Saturday at noon. This is a weird weekend for me. But yeah, Saturday at noon, the Buffs won 60-46 to against CSU Bakersfield. Um, next up is potentially the biggest game of the season it's tough to say that about a non-conference game I guess but I mean a win that would probably mean as much as any win that they could pick up this season when they take on number eight Kansas Tuesday night seven o'clock at the CU event center um we're gonna be talking about those couple things today that's the plan um also I think We'll get into some notes on the women, too, potentially later on. I think we'll try to close it out with some women's basketball talk. Um, As of right now, they're up 39-32 on San Francisco at halftime. And if they win, they'd be 11-0. I've got some thoughts about that. Some of them, honestly, we've already covered. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that later on. And then... Tomorrow, actually, I got to figure out what the plan is. I'm, I'm going to get something figured out with Matt McChesney here in the next couple of days. Um, that could be tomorrow. That could be Wednesday. Uh, plan as of now is to have a post game show after Kansas. We'll be live on YouTube and all that. Um, stay tuned, though, because there's a chance that gets called off. It's kind of a weird time right now. But uh, yeah. We'll get into some football talk at some point here in the next couple of days. Just don't know exactly when. Um, that's the best plan I can give you. Let's just jump in with this uh, last basketball game that the men's team played. Um, like I said, they won 60-46. to They were playing against CSU Bakersfield. CSU Bakersfield, not that great of an opponent. But, I mean, based on what we've seen from the Buffs this season... Any game can be scary. And for what? Like the third time this season? Fourth time this season? It was not a scary game. Colorado went out there and handled business. You know, there were were some tough points for sure. There are things you'd like to clean up. But a 14-point win, I mean, that's that's solid. They were up 
nine at halftime. Sure, they had only put up 24 points, but they balanced that out with good defense. Um, in general, just broad terms, I think it's a solid performance. I think that we can be happy with what we saw from Colorado, um, and that's not grading on a curve either. That's not saying, well, you know, they've, they've whatever. No, you win by 14 points against CSU Bakersfield at this point in the season. That's a good result. That is a good result and a good performance. And uh, you're happy to see it. You need some momentum coming into this game against Kansas. More specifically, uh, I think I think the first thing that you look to is the injury to Jabari Walker. Um, I wasn't up in Boulder this morning. We'll get more details on that tomorrow. But... Uh, it sounds like Tad says that the injury to Jabari is not that serious. He said after the game that it was an elbow thing, that he needed to wait for the doctors to take a look before he could say what was going to happen. Um, Jabari played four minutes, landed on his elbow, and uh, yeah, there's our update. Um, again, should be good to go for Kansas, and that's the big question because it's, it's going to be a challenge to take down the Jayhawks. It might be impossible when you don't have your most talented player. Um, moving back to CSU Bakersfield, though, uh, leading scorer is Keyshawn Bartholomew. It was so good to see him get back on track. Again, this isn't like a the, the Keyshawn Bartholomew game that everybody's going to look to when they think back on him 20 years from now. Um, but, you know, 4-7 from the field, 12 points, only a couple of turnovers, added six boards, just a solid, well-rounded, efficient performance. And that's something that's been missing. I mean, it had been, what, five or six straight games? Basically, this was his best game since Paradise Jam. And even that, I mean, you could you could make some arguments that it was even before Paradise Jam that he'd played like this. Um, good to see him get back on track. Good to see the shot fall more than anything. You know, he's two of three from deep in this game, and that's been the big difference for him throughout this stretch. You know, I, I think coming into this game, he'd made one of his last 21 three-point shots. There were some other issues in his game as well, but if he turns that into 7 of 21 in that stretch, well, then all of a sudden he doesn't seem quite so cold. He's putting up decent numbers. The The overall efficiency from the field goes up, and you're saying, yeah, you know, he's not necessarily playing his best ball, but you're getting by. What we saw instead was that he was really struggling, and that, you know, that that's just a lot of missed shots. That's a lot of possessions that wind up going empty when your potentially best shooter is missing that many shots. Um, but he got it back a little bit. Um, again, four, seven from the field, two of three from three. That's a solid shooting night. You take that any night from Keyshawn Bartholomew, although it is far from his ceiling. It's good to see him get just a little bit of confidence before again, this, this game against Remy Martin Tuesday night. Uh, from there, we can let's just go through these in, in the order of points. You have Neat Clifford tie Eli Parquet with 10 points, second most on the team. Um, Eli just doing Eli things, 4-6 from the field. He had a huge, huge dunk. You know, I think that might be what he's added to his game. Um, and not just dunks specifically, but, but in general, those sorts of just big highlight sorts of plays. Um he can knock those down. He can have like a nice little crossover step back on the baseline from mid-range. Just those sorts of things that make him feel like a veteran point guard. Or not point guard, but veteran guard. Um, you know, he's a senior. You need him to just basically do what he did. Go one of two from deep, four of six from the field, 
add a couple of boards, add a couple assists, don't turn the ball over, and be be a very solid contributor defensively as well. Um, good night from Eli Parquet. Let's let's give Keyshawn a a B. Let's give Keyshawn B for this game, and maybe that's grading just on the slightest curve. Maybe it, it might actually be more of a B minus, um, but let's give him a B. Um, Eli, let's let's give him a let's give him a B plus. Let's give him a B plus. Um, Evan Batty, a two of four from the field. Or, or sorry, we we're gonna hit Neek next. Uh, Neek also had some kind of loud plays. Um, also four of seven from the field. Also two of three from three. Um, Interesting. How did? Oh, oh, those are the same as Keyshawn. Sorry, those those points weren't lining up. There we go. Um, seven boards, which is the un- most underrated part of his game. Um, the fact that you can play him off the bench and expect that sort of production, like that, just feels nice. You know, KJ, for example, very explosive, can get to the rim. We'll also have these stretches where he turns the ball over a lot, and. When he is struggling to score, when he is struggling to hold on to the ball, you know, he isn't the greatest defender. He isn't the greatest rebounder. And so you can wind up in these spots where you're just not getting all that much out of him. With Neek and his ability to rebound, it just makes it so easy to play him off the bench. You know, you don't have to have that short of a leash with him because he would really have to struggle to to become a net negative when he's doing that. Um so the boards are obviously really nice. The efficient scoring is great. The three assists um, played some solid defense. They, oh, they credit him with a block and a steal on top of just kind of passing the eye test. Um, you love to see it. Let's let's call us an A minus game from Neek. I, I think this is a true A minus game for him. Um, Evan, like I said, two of four from the field, uh, four boards, an assist, block and a steal, eight points call it a B minus C plus right around there. I think, I mean, it's tough to complain about two of four from the field, but for a guy like Evan, if you're only taking four shots, I mean, you're, I, what does that mean? If you're taking four shots, you're in theory, taking the four best looks you have at the basket in that game. Evan Batty should be able to make three or four of his four best looks throughout the game. Now, now props on to him for not forcing it when it wasn't there and all that. Um, and two of four, I mean, he hit 50%. But again, you just look for a l- little bit more volume out of him. Um, four free throws, too. Made them all. Um, four boards, not all that loud. I think this is a B minus C plus game for Evan um, just because he is, and we know what he's capable of. Um... Last starter. Let's let's wrap up the starters. Tristan De Silva. He struggled. Um, hit an early three. He was it the first three. They, the Buffs hit two threes in like the first two or three possessions, um, and and one of them was Tristan. I can't remember what order they came in, but goes zero for eight the rest of the way. It's four or five from the line. You know he's finding a way to get get some points. Only three boards though. Three assists. A turnover with a block and a steal. I think defensively, he's absolutely growing. Offensively, the efficiency still isn't there. I mean, what what is this for the season then? Let me see if I can pull these numbers up. Um, There we go. So, for the season, he's actually shooting just under 42% from the field, shooting just under 26% from three. He's 7 of 27 from three. 
Um, 3.4 rebounds per game, 1.8 assists. He has a couple blocks, six steals on the season, um, 27 minutes per game, and he's scoring. Oh, they don't put the average. 90 points in 12 games, so under, under 10 a game. You need more out of him. And again, he's obviously talented. He's obviously young and he obviously has his best basketball in front of him, even this season. You know, I think we talked a lot before the season about loss and lovering and how he was going to take some time to develop. I think we maybe we definitely expected more than this from Tristan so far. Um, again, I'm not I'm not selling my Tristan stock. In fact, I'm probably buying more at this point. Um, but if, if this is going to be a team that does make something happen late in this season, you got to get more out of him at some point. And, and it could be as simple as the shot falling a little bit more often. I think in general, the offense in this last game just looked a lot healthier. You know, the, the way that everybody was moving, the fact that everybody was moving, um, there was just so much more going on, people trying to get open. And I, I think... I don't want to say that the buffs are close to turning the corner, but there's at least some positive signs. There's at least some positive signs. Um, I think the, the biggest positive in my mind from this game was loss and lovering. And let's see. I'm not sure what the box score says. Box score has him three of five from the field. He has four boards. He has an assist, um, a steal, but six points in 15 minutes. He he did more than that, though. You know, he's contesting shots. He's doing good work in the post. He looks confident. You know, I talked to him. I think you guys heard on the podcast last week. Yeah, you definitely did. Um, but but he's working on keeping the ball up higher, using his size, because he is a really big guy. I think that that's really paying off. Um, and, and I think that we are, game by game, seeing Lawson Lovering become a much better basketball player. It is so much fun to watch. I think if I could watch one player on this basketball team, and to be fair, it changes like every week, but right now, I'm just tuning into Loss and Lovering. I'm just watching what Loss and Lovering does on every single possession because it's so much fun. Like he's a big guy and he's a physical presence and he gets the ball in the high post and he passes it around. And and defensively, he is big and he is long. And I think he's starting to use that a lot better. Now next week it might be KJ Simpson because he gets hot and you're saying, Oh wow, he's hitting these deep threes and he's gained to the rim. Um KJ has such a high ceiling for fun because he <laughs> He gets to the rim so often. If a couple more of those go down, then all of a sudden you're thrilled with what you're getting out of him. Um, but yeah, Lawson is getting a lot better. And that's going to provide some more flexibility in a month or so when he's taken a couple more steps. You know, when you get to the point where you say, well, do, do you consider putting Tristan on the bench? You know, it means that you bump Jabari down to the three with Evan at the four, Lawson at the five. But those are the kinds of conversations that you could have at some point. Um, and Lawson, he hasn't gotten to the point where he's forcing that conversation. But every game, he is getting closer and closer and closer. And that's what you want to see. And he's showing exactly that. KJ with some struggles. I think he started the game. It was like three turnovers in his first four minutes. And then he gets pulled. Julian Hammond goes in, and Hammond turns the ball over a couple of times in uh, his first couple of minutes. And all of a sudden, the Buffs have five turnovers, and it's from the backup point guards. This was part of a really ugly stretch of basketball for Colorado. Um, 
there was a point in the game. Let's see. This is I probably should have found these numbers before I did this. Um, but they're at fourteen points at thirteen fifty two. They're at twenty one points at three. So it's seven points in in those ten minutes. Um, that's not ideal. Just kind of gross offense, turnovers, missed shots, that sort of stuff. I mean, exactly what you'd expect. At the same time, though, the defense really locked in. I think that that's something that should not be overlooked. Um, it seems like throughout the season, the story has kind of been these bad runs. You know, things aren't working offensively, and so the other team puts a run together. Or things aren't working defensively, so the other team puts the run together. Or the buffs are down, and they've got 10 minutes to get back in, and they're scoring a bunch of points, but they're also giving up a bunch of points on the other end. This is one of these stretches that could have been really ugly. And honestly, like this is the stretch that would have made this game feel a lot like a bunch of the other games that Colorado has played. But instead of turning that into a 10-0 run for CSU Bakersfield or whatever it would have been, it turns out being just about a net neutral because the Buffs are able to hold that team to 15 points in the first half. Again, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're only comfortable at halftime if you give up 15 points in the first half. But... Hey, it's it's going to happen at some point in the season, a couple times in the season. This is one of them, and the Buffs responded by locking in on defense, and props to them for that. That's what's been missing for a lot of this season. Um, You also look at the offensive rebounds. I do have the numbers for those. Uh, The Buffs gave up 11 offensive rebounds. They got seven themselves. Again, you don't ever like to see that. You don't like to see it against an inferior opponent either. And not to bash CSU Bakersfield, but that's just where they are. You know, they're playing the Big West. Buffs are playing in the Pac-12. At the same time, CSU Bakersfield is leading the Big West in offensive rebounding. And so you knew that that was going to be a challenge coming into the game. The Buffs didn't necessarily answer that challenge the way you'd like. But still, you wind up doing just fine in this game I don't think it was ever within 10 points in the second half just a nice solid clean win um after after that little bit of turbulence in kind of the middle of that first half um, when they couldn't get a bucket to go um I think that's basically it for the big takeaways um yeah we'll leave it at that for that game and real quick, I want to remind you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, we love Breckenridge Brewery for a bunch of different reasons. They make so much of what we do possible, but also because they make really great beers. Uh, if you like the Vanilla Porter or the Strawberry Sky, they've got the Good Company Hard Seltzers. All that stuff you can find in just about any grocery store in Colorado, and also most of the liquor stores too. If you want to be sure, you can go to breckbrew.com and use their beer locator. It'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever it is that you do want to try. Um, It's seriously great stuff. And right now, you can get your hands on the Christmas Ale, which is obviously a seasonal beer that you can find in all those same places. And you can get it in a mini keg, which is a lot of fun. So go pick up one of those. Take it to your family for Christmas or your friends for your Christmas party, whatever. It's good stuff and uh, really recommend it. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings has a whole bunch of opportunities to bet. And now is the time to be betting. Um, this uh, The Raiders-Browns game just started. 
the one that was supposed to be Saturday, but because of COVID, got pushed to today, even though the Broncos game didn't get pushed last year when they didn't have any quarterbacks. But that's uh, that's a different story. Um, right now, I have two options. I can sit here. I can do this podcast and talk about uh, the, the Buffs basketball game against Kansas tomorrow, or I can live bet the game between the Raiders and the Browns. Um, and it's a lot of fun because the way it works is they just give you a whole bunch of options. Like, let's see, I just pulled up the Raiders drive result. So you can bet a field goal attempt, a punt, a touchdown, or a turnover. Um, field goal attempt is currently plus 400. Punt is minus 130. Touchdown plus 270. Turnover plus 600. And there's so many different bets. I mean, that's just one of them. You can bet on to score on this drive or not to score. To cross the opponent's 20-yard line or not. To cross the opponent's 35-yard line. So many different options and so much fun. And there's so much money to be made, especially if you're like me. Like, I don't... I actually hate red zone. I was at home yesterday um, and couldn't, like, go to the bar or anything. So I had to sit here and pick out my own games to watch. I don't pick red zone because you don't really get to see what's happening. I feel like that's like watching... I don't know. Sports are like movies. You got you to see the whole thing to know what's going on. And if you watch sports like that, there's a lot of money to be made. Live betting with DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, if you sign up right now, then you can get an awesome promotion if you use the promo code DNVR. And here's what that promotion is. Um, and again, this is DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook app and an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You will get... $150 in free bets if you bet $5 on any NBA team and they win. That's promo code DNVR this week. It's Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And all DraftKings Sportsbook customers, not just new users, can also get in the Christmas spirit with the holiday free bet surprise. Everyone gets a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, it's reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. At hiccup. A gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, this game tomorrow. We just want to set some goals. Uh, number one, you got to shoot well if you're going to win this game. And by well, I th I'm like you might honestly need to shoot like 50% from three to win this game, which I know is a ridiculously high number, but you're, you're not the favorite here. And that's why you just, you need things to go your way. You know, you can't be giving away possessions. You can't be turning the ball over. You can't be taking bad shots. You need the ball to go through the hoop even when it probably shouldn't. Um, this is going to be a challenge. Kansas, I said number eight earlier. They're actually number seven right now in the new uh, poll that was released today. It's a good basketball team, and they've got some really good pieces. You know, you look at uh, this Okai Agbaji. He's playing 33 minutes a game, and he's scoring 22 points per game. It's a ridiculous rate. 22 points per game at the highest level of college basketball. 56% uh, from the field for the season. Almost 50% from three. He's a guard. He's in that backcourt back with Remy Martin, um, who we know well. Again, you just look through this lineup, and there's a lot of talent. Um, and and you got to lock in defensively. you got to make things hard. I think, honestly, 
it's it's one of those situations where you almost say somebody should be in foul trouble. Like you you don't want to lose Jabari Walker or Evan Batty for extended periods. You got to be physical with this guy with these guys. It's kind of like when you think back to that UCLA game where UCLA is just playing such pretty basketball. It's very LA basketball. They're getting open looks. They're knocking things down. Sometimes you just need to go muck it up. And I think that this is one of those situations where you need Eli Parquet to, to cross the line a couple of times. You need Evan Batty to cross the line a couple of times. And I think this is where, you know, it. I was going to say this could be a big game for Lost and Lovering. This could be a big game for anybody. You know, whoever decides to show up in this one and carry the load... That will be remembered, and there's some pressure that comes along with that as well, but I really do think that this is an opportunity for some of these young guys to, to kind of separate themselves. The Buffs are struggling to figure out what their pecking order is. You know, Jabari Walker, he's kind of the top of the list, but when he wants it, and you never know when he's going to want it and when he's not. Um, where does Evan Batty fit in? Where does Keyshawn fit in at this point? Where does KJ fit in? You know, you just need somebody to kind of assert themselves and, and, and show that they belong in this game. And I think that for a lot of them, it's going to be pretty obvious in the first five, 10 minutes who belongs and who doesn't. You know, it's what we said after the UCLA game. Jabari Walker belonged on that floor. And there were some other guys who, who can almost hold their own, some guys who are close, that sort of thing. But Jabari Walker was somebody who belonged on that court that night. And you're just hoping to find more of those guys tomorrow. Um, you need somebody to get hot. You need probably a couple of guys to get hot. You need a great defensive effort. You can't be giving up offensive rebounds. You need to own the glass in this game. It's going to be a challenge. But that's why you schedule these games, to, to see where you're at and to give yourself an opportunity to make a statement. And hopefully the Buffs do make a statement. Um, honestly, I think that's all I've got on these guys. Uh, real quick on the women's side. I think that... Um, you know, they wrapped up conference play while we're doing this podcast. They uh, they won all 11 of their non-conference games. Now, you know, there's there's the caveat there that only one of the teams that they played... I, I think so. The best team that they played in terms of the net rankings, half the Pac-12 is a better team than that team. And the second best team that Colorado's played so far... Well, they they would be number 13 if they somehow got invited to the Pac-12 and expanded the Pac-13. Um, it's kind of a cupcake schedule. And maybe that's not fair because, again, they're, they're playing probably the same level of competition more often than not than the men's team is. It's just a different world when you're playing in the Pac-12 and that is by far the best conference. It's like it's like the SEC football, you know, just because you have so many really good teams. You've got probably two teams in the Elite Eight. You've got a bunch that make the tournament. It's a very different world, and that's why you schedule like this, because you know that you're not going to have to worry about the the strength of schedule or the, the how how difficult was that, like what your resume looks like in terms of the teams you played, because you're going to be taking on Stanford and Arizona and, and all of those traditional powers in women's college basketball. And so it is the right move. Um, but, you know, it's also true that the last time the Buffs played a full season, they went 11-0 in non-conference play, went 3-14 and in conference play. So you just got to see what happens next. And that's not to say that I'm not excited about what happened. Anytime you can win 11 games in a row, especially win them the way that they won them. I think it was, was it 56 to 54 they beat Air Force 
But then the rest of the wins have been at least by double digits. I don't think there's been another one that's been within nine. Um, so not only they're winning, they're winning handily. They look like the better team on the court every single night, and you got to give them props for that. But you know they're they're sitting outside the top twenty-five, the AP top twenty-five, just barely again for the second straight week. Um, they they're they're outside the top twenty-five in the women's net rankings too. The challenges are yet to come. They've taken care of business, and and again, it, not only have they taken care of business, they've they've manhandled the teams that they've played. Next up is where you really learn about this team, and at the very least, they've given you plenty of reason to be excited about what's to come. Um, the 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 scoring punch from multiple positions, the passing, the defense, just the overall demeanor of this team. You know, it's kind of like how we talk about with the uh, with the Colorado football team. Like, if you're going to win in the Pac-12, it's going to be because you're more physical than the opponents. You, you got to be tough in the trenches. You've got to you got to hit guys. Um, you got to follow the Utah model. I feel like this women's basketball team is kind of doing that. Um, the the way that they defend, the number of steals that they come up with, um, and just I mean the the physicality specifically from the guards—that's what stands out. You know, it's it's easy to have big players who are physical and and banging the post, but you really see the physicality um, stand out when you look into the backcourt here, and you know it's exciting. It's it's really really exciting. And now you just jump right in. Oregon State and Oregon in this first weekend. That'll be uh, the, the first first conference game is that uh, New Year's Eve. I always forget what these days are called. And from there, you've got the, the all the California teams coming to Boulder in a row. USC, then UCLA, then the next weekend, Stanford and California. Going to learn a lot about the Buffs in, this ne- in these next few weeks. And who knows? You know, we're talking about these first six games. I do think it's possible that that they win five of these. I, this this does look like a team that really has turned a corner, and and just the timeline makes sense, right? Like they didn't lose all that much the last couple of years, and they've added some really great pieces. Um, these these last few recruiting classes, it's crazy to me that Jalen Sherrod is now in her third year in Boulder. She was like breaking out as an unknown freshman my first year covering Colorado, um, so she still feels like a freshman to me. But then you remember like. This is her third season, and she has become kind of a battle-tested point guard and one of the very best guards in the conference. You add Frida Foreman last year. You add Kendall Weta this year. You add the transfers who've been just dominating this season. And, of course, Maya Hollingshed is the piece that makes it all go, but there is a lot of talent, and this is a team that can compete with anyone in the Pac-12. But, you know, that's that's kind of the next step is – not just competing, but but beating everybody in the Pac-12. You know, we've been competing, I guess, for a couple of seasons. Maybe not quite as often as you'd like. There might be too many games where you're just out of it in the in the fourth quarter. Um, but you you have a, a great win over number one Stanford. You have close wins over ranked or close losses against ranked teams, highly ranked teams, top five, top ten teams like Stanford, like UCLA, um, USC, Oregon. They played them tight. Um, now you just got to turn the corner a little bit more often. See if you can go 500 in Pac-12 play. And if you can do that, then you're an NCAA tournament team. And because you're coming out of the Pac-12, there's a good chance to make a run. And I don't think that 500 is the ceiling here. 
Right now, I mean, I'm not putting a ceiling on this team at all based on what we've seen. They might put one on themselves, but, hey, they're manhandling inferior opponents in the way that more often than not we're wishing the men's team would. Um, so, just just great stuff. I mean, these scores. Today, they win 80-56. to 56. It's a 24-point win. Game before that, they play SMU. Win by 23. Game before that, at, at on the road at Southern Utah, win by 34. Game before that, they play Dixie State. They win by 25. Game before that, they play Wisconsin, win by 16. Game before that, they win by 15. Uh, or no, sorry, that was the wrong one. They win by 11 against Louisiana Tech. I mean, these scores before that, they're 79-47, 81-48. 69-53, 58-53 was the Air Force game. Even that was not as close as I remembered. And they have been beating the hell out of anybody who's been willing to step on that court. Now you just got to see if it translates when they play some of these really good teams. I'm excited and uh, hope you guys are too because there's, there's a couple basketball teams worth watching in Boulder right now. Uh, we're going to be paying attention. Next game though, Kansas tomorrow night. I'm fired up. I hope you're fired up too. Know what happened the last time Kansas came to uh, Boulder, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again once that's over, and I'll see you guys then.